here this morning. Uh, we are here to worship the Lord and to uh, join our hearts in fellowship with one another. And we're glad that you have chosen to be here this morning. We welcome our guests, especially this morning, and hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship the Lord. And one of the things we like to do is to uh, have a time of greeting. So let me invite you to stand up and turn around and shake the hands of the people around you. Find somebody you don't know and introduce yourself. Thank you so much. Aren't we enthusiastic in our greeting? <laughs> it is great to be here. I'd like to call a few announcements uh, to, uh, to your attention this morning. First of all, let me remind you of the attendance sheets that's on the end of each row there. We'd like to ask if you would to take it and fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, also, you will notice in uh, your worship folder there inserted there there is a an interest survey our nominating committee is about ready to get up and, and running again uh, uh, looking ahead towards the new church year and to help us to uh, to do what we need to do I'd like for to ask everyone to take that and fill out that survey checking off or not really checking off ranking the things that you might be interested in uh, the ways in, that you might be interested in serving the church in the next coming year uh, you don't have to to check them all, you know, just those things that you might be interested in. And if you would rank them in order of preference, with one being the first and two being the next, uh, like that, uh, we would appreciate. That would help our, our work uh, extensively. Upward is going well. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of kids signed up for our cheerleading and, and basketball. We've got a lot of volunteers. I think we have over 100 volunteers already signed up. And, of course, it takes that to run such a, a great program as this. So uh, if you would like to volunteer, we would certainly uh, take your name and plug you in. Uh, we'd love to have you. And, um, and other things that are going on. Tomorrow night, the women's mission group will be uh, eating dinner at Biagi's. And I tried, men, but they won't let us go. <laughs> we, I tried to talk them into letting a few of us guys go, but they won't let us. They insist it's only for women, so we'll let them do that, and maybe we'll do something else sometime. Uh, but uh, ladies, if you would like to be a part of that, it's a great time of fellowship. A group is meeting here at the church at 6 and going as a caravan or riding the van, or, or if you can't make that, you can meet at Biagi's at 6.30. Um, Wednesday, there will be a called business meeting uh, to hear a report from the Learning Center Committee. And there are several uh, meetings, several committees that will be meeting this week. So I'll invite you to take note in your worship folder of those meetings. And if you're involved with that, to, to be in your place at that time. Uh, one other thing, uh, we have had an addition to our uh, congregation this year, and that is Nicole and and uh, Brad Fleming have a new baby, and Timmy, are you flashing it up there? Yeah. 
<laughs> That's Jasmine Taylor, uh, born on the 21st. And, uh, and what a wonderful addition. We've been through that with them, and, and what a wonderful addition to our family. So uh, we're, we celebrate with them. We're glad that you're here today, and we're here to worship the Lord. So let's turn our hearts to God. We have a surprise announcement. In uh, honor of Pastor Tim's recent anniversary, and feeling that he doesn't get to go with the women out to eat, we have a gift (laughs) for you, a card, and we would like for you to take your family to Nagasaki to eat and tell Molly that we did not wait till she left to do this. We just let time get away. But happy anniversary. Thank you very much. Pray with me. O oh God of heaven and earth, lift our drooping arms when we grow weary and strengthen our weak knees when it is hard for us to put one foot in front of another. Help us, O oh God, to acknowledge that you are the source of all of our blessings. You are our creator, our savior our Redeemer and friend. You are the joy of our lives and the strength for our souls. But we also acknowledge that life is sometimes very hard for us, not because you have made it that way, but just because it is. But even in the midst of adversity, we grow stronger in our faith because you have come through it with us. And for that, we give you thanks and praise your holy name. Amen. Thank you. 
girls, it's time for your special part of our service. And uh, if you want to come over here, since it's our youth puppet team today, you may, if you're sitting over there or somewhere, you may want to see. If you're not, uh, if you're visiting with us and you've never done this before and want to have somebody help you, uh, that would be great, too, if a parent needs to come with you, whatever. But you can go over this way as our, as our youth puppet team is doing that, and we'll give you a time to get over there. For all that, because we've got a bunch of you. Also, Children's Church for second graders and below uh, will be after, during our offering time. They'll be going back in that area, in our, our preschool area, but we go through second grade in that. Uh, don't, so you're certainly welcome to do that with us.
Okay, boys and girls, now you're going back to hopefully sit near an adult that can grab belt loops and all that kind of stuff. Get a commercial in for our Wednesday night things on our kids. We do have a creative kids ministry thing now where we're doing on for fourth and fifth and sixth graders, which is for drama team mostly. They will be doing some other kind of things, maybe some clowning and other things they'll be doing. But uh, if you like to do that kind of thing, then you need to, in your fourth, fifth, sixth grade to see me. We'd like to put you there. We are delighted to have a special guest today who uh, lives in our area. It's not like somebody who traveled in in their Greyhound and all those things like some of you are used to doing. And this is a good day. We have a major portion of our choir that's sick and that is gone and that is going to take attending anniversaries and out of town. So it is wonderful timing today. And uh, Morgan Book is uh, in the, has been in the elementary, all, well, I guess you call it all-county chorus, and has done that. And has also sung in this area before many times. You may have heard her before. In fact, her mother took piano from Jika Crafton. They say a long time ago. And uh, her, her, her folks are here and her grandparents are here. And we're delighted to have Morgan come and share with us. Morgan, if you'll come, we're delighted to hear you. Just over in the glory land, 
One thing I like about Christian Cathedral, other than their music, and I love Christian Cathedral's music, and I, wa- I usually don't watch the sermon, but I watch it up to the sermon. One thing I like when they do, when they say, and all God's people said, they don't say amen, they go, wow. Somebody have heard that? And all God's people said, wow. Uh, that is what I like they do uh, there. We're going to have our, our, we don't have a favorite today. We had people who hadn't put in there one lately, so I didn't get a chance to set that up. But we'll have a whole favorite hymn. If you have one, put it in that box out there. Or a favorite chorus, favorite contemporary song, whatever that is. But today we'll just be going directly into those others. First, Heavenly Sunlight, the first and second verse. And then those choruses as you have, Shout to the North and Lord be glorified. Let's stand together as we do those.
pray with me. Our gracious and loving God, we are thankful that you have blessed all your followers with gifts of service. And we thank you today for all the ministries in your name that are a part of Community Baptist Church. We especially thank you today for all those who have volunteered to help with upward basketball and cheer and for all those children who will participate in the Upward program. As we dedicate these material offerings now, gracious God, we know you have work for us to do. Till all the jails are empty and all the bellies filled, till no one hurts or steals or lies and no more blood is spilled. Till age and race and gender no longer separate. Till pulpit, press, and politics are free of greed and hate. Dear God, you have work for us to do. Help us to do it and to spread your love starting now. Amen. Suffering and death, a place of shame, 
and all God's people said, wow. (laughs) Morgan, you have a wonderful, wonderful talent there. And you are going places. And I'm glad you're going places for God. Thank you for that. I just hate it that I have to follow that act. (laughs) Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, uh, verses 5 through 7, and then skipping down through uh, 11 through 13. My child, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when the Lord rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines those whom God loves, and God chastises everyone who God accepts as a child. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as children. For what child is not disciplined by his his or her parent? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. This is the word of God for you and me. A young man wanted to be a boxer. And so he decided to take private lessons and he found himself a boxing coach who agreed to give him 26 weekly lessons. And as a part of his instruction, this young man was required to spar with other aspiring boxers at the gym. And after his first lesson, he was sore, he was swollen, and he didn't realize that it would be this difficult So the battered young man had some questions for his coach. You say there are 26 lessons in this course, he asked, and the coach said, that's right. And the rest of the lessons are going to be like today, he asked, and the teacher said, that's right. And then scratching his tender head, the student asked, well, sir, I was wondering if I could possibly take the other 25 lessons by correspondence. (laughs) My friends, one of the lessons of life that many of us have probably already learned is that you cannot take the course of hard knocks by correspondence. You've got to hang in there. You learn your lessons the hard way. And that's what our text from the book of Hebrews is about today. It's about discipline. And it's an important lesson for many reasons. For one thing, discipline is an important part of a a successful life. Now, of course, some of us may rebel against the idea of discipline. In the children's book, Frog and Toad Together, Frog has baked a batch of cookies and they are standing there eating one cookie after another. And and Frog says, we ought to stop eating these cookies as they keep right on eating those cookies. We must stop, they resolve, as they eat some more cookies. We need willpower, Frog finally says, grabbing another cookie. What is willpower, asked Toad, swallowing another mouthful. 
Well, willpower is trying very hard not to do something that you very much want to do, said Frog. And so Frog discussed a variety of ways to help with their willpower. For example, putting the cookies in a box and then tying the box shut and putting it high up in, in a tree. But Toad points out in between bites that this won't work because they could simply climb the tree and untie the box. And so in desperation, Frog finally dumps all of the remaining cookies outside on the ground and he calls out, hey, birds, here's cookies. And then Toad says, sadly, we have no more cookies. And Frog says, yes, but we have lots and lots of willpower. To which Toad responded, you can keep it all. I'm going home to bake a cake. Most of us can probably relate to that in some way or another, because willpower is tough. It's hard. We know we ought to be more disciplined in our lives, but our hearts just aren't in it. Some of us, for example, keep a messy desk in our office. And if you've ever been in my office, you know that I'm one of those. We know that it makes us Less efficient, but somehow it's hard to put everything back where it belongs. And if it makes you feel any better, if you fall in that category, one of our greatest presidents, Abraham Lincoln, was notoriously disorganized and notorious for having a messy desk. In fact, he even had a file in his law office that was labeled, if you can't find it anywhere else, try looking here. Personally, I agree with the person who said, that those who keep an orderly desk never know the thrill of finding something they thought was irretrievably lost. But at the same time, I recognize that personal discipline is, is one of the keys to success in life. But that's not exactly the kind of dis- discipline that the writer of Hebrews is talking about here. The writer of Hebrews is using the word discipline much in the same way that we might use the word when we talk about disciplining our children. Now, we could probably have a little fun right now if we stopped for a few moments and shared with our neighbors about how we were disciplined as children. Uh, We're not going to do that, but uh, we could have some fun with it if we did. Uh, Some of us had harsh discipline as children, and some of us had less And, of course, each generation thinks that the other generation was a little misguided in their discipline. But some people, when they think of discipline, they immediately think of punishment. And maybe that's why we resist discipline so much, because we associate discipline with punishment. But if you focus on the idea of discipline as punishment... You're going to miss what the writer of Hebrews is saying in this passage, because the point that he is making here is the aim of discipline. And what is the aim of discipline? Well, the aim of discipline is to help us to grow into mature, responsible adults. Our goal is to help our children when we discipline them to develop the strength and the discipline needed to be successful adults. 
And so keep this goal in mind as we read this passage from Hebrews again. The writer begins by quoting from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. My child, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when the Lord rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those whom God loves and God chastises everyone whom God accepts as a child. Now, that's a mouthful right there, isn't it? The Lord disciplines those whom God loves. And here is where the difference between punishment and discipline is very important. For you see, you may punish a child who you do not love. But you will not discipline a child who you do not love. You see the difference? It's too much work and it's too much stress to seek to discipline a child that you do not love. You may punish a child that you do not love out of anger, but that's not discipline. That's a way of venting your frustration. And it's a lot easier to ignore a child than it is to lovingly help that child grow into the responsible human being that God created that child to be. But discipline is a means of helping a child become all that he or she can be. The writer continues and says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as children for for what child is not disciplined by a parent? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, and I think we can all agree with that, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. What the writer is focusing on here is enduring hardship. He's dealing with the question of why bad things sometimes happen to good people. And he's helping us to see that not all hardship is bad. What is it that we sometimes say? That which does not kill us makes us stronger. You ever heard that expression? And often that's very true. But it's a hard lesson for us to learn. And I also want to make something very clear here. I don't think that the writer of Hebrews is saying that the hard times that we endure come directly from God. I'm not comfortable in saying that, at least not most of the time, because there are a lot of people out there who have been damaged by the notion that God somehow plays havoc with our lives, rewarding us when we've been good and punishing us when we've been naughty. And I don't think that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying here. And a lot of people have really had some hard times in their lives with with this kind of thinking. I I heard about a conversation that one woman had with her pastor. The woman was a victim of domestic abuse. And her husband frequently brutalized her. But she was a committed Christian woman. And she tried everything that she could to be the kind of wife that a husband could love and, 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 and cherish and adore. But... One Sunday, her pastor preached a sermon on the topic of forgiveness and emphasized Jesus' words on the Sermon on the Mount that, that said, if you forgive others their trespasses against you, then your heavenly Father will forgive your trespasses as well. But if you do not forgive others' trespasses against you, 
neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. So the woman went to talk with her pastor about her situation at home and how she struggled with the issue of forgiveness. How could she forgive someone who abuses her so? And something terrible happened as that conversation progressed. For you see, the pastor said to her, you must remember that Jesus forgave the people who brutalized him while he was hanging on the cross. Do you remember how he said, forgive those, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then her heart sank as he continued and said, maybe the Lord has called you to be an abused wife. May God have mercy on the soul of that pastor. And my friends, if anyone in this room thinks that God has called you to be an abused wife or an abused husband or an abused parent or child, please come by my office this week. We need to get this straightened out. Yes, my friends, this is a hard world that we live in. But that does not mean that God has picked us out specifically to endure pain and hardship and suffering. Some of the problems that we face are problems that we bring on ourselves through our own undisciplined living. But there are many other tragedies in life that just simply happen. We were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Perhaps we inherited a defective gene and all the clean living in the world would not have kept it from causing us problems. Perhaps someone else has acted irresponsibly and we have to suffer because of it. And and that does not mean that God has picked us out to punish us. Jesus ended that controversy once and for all when he said that God sends the rain and the sun on the just and the unjust alike. So what does this passage from Hebrews mean? Well, I believe that what the writer is saying here is that with God's help, we can learn from our hardships. We will have hardships. That's a part of being human beings. That's a part of life. All of us will face hardships in our lives. But with God's help, we can learn from those hardships. In other words, the writer is helping us to reframe our painful experiences. He is trying to help us to look at our hardships, not as something that is sent to destroy us, but rather as a means of becoming a stronger person. C.S. Lewis once says, Once said, God whispers to us in our pleasures. God speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts to us in our pain. And the truth of the matter is that all of us learn things best the hard way. Nancy Guthrie begins her book titled Holding On to Hope with these words. She said, two weeks after the neighbor's house burned down, I gave birth to a daughter We named Hope. Hope was born with a fatal genetic disorder. She lived slightly more than six months. 
The experience was devastating for Nancy and her husband. And she writes, early on in my journey, I said to God, okay, if I have to go through this, then give me everything. Teach me everything you want to teach me through this. Don't let this incredible pain be wasted in my life. And then she concludes saying that God allows good and bad into our lives. And we can trust God with both. Trusting God when the miracle does not come, when the urgent prayer gets no answer, when there is only darkness, that is the kind of faith that God values most. And you know something? She's right. This is the kind of experience that produces spiritual giants. So be careful when you thank God for never giving you a burden to bear, because sometimes those burdens can become blessings. They motivate us to to seek God when sometimes we might be too lax to do so. They drive us to clarify what is really important in our lives, and they help us to develop character and teach us what we need to learn. And so, my friends, if you are battling with a terrible hardship right now, whatever it may be, here's what I want you to pray. Lord, I know you're you're with me. And I know you'll never leave me. If possible, I would like for this cup to be taken from me. But if not, then help me to learn from it. Make me a stronger person because of it. And help it ultimately to make me more like Jesus, in whose name I pray. Amen. My friends, remember, God did not cause your pain. But God can use your pain. And if you let God, God will help you to be all that God has called you to be. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, our scripture says today, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And that's the goal. That when our hearts that that that's when our hardship will not have been in vain. It is when we have been through it and grown from it and become more like Jesus. And so I wish for all of you the blessing of this Irish prayer. May you see God's light on the path ahead when the road you walk is dark. May you always hear, even in your hour of sorrow, the gentle singing of the lark. When times are hard, may hardness never turn your heart to stone. May you always remember when the shadows fall. You do not walk alone. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response. It's number 484, Higher Ground. There may be someone here today who has suffered in your life. Maybe you're suffering a lot right now. And maybe you're having a hard time dealing with that. And I can't promise you that 
that will be taken away from you in any time or any way. But I can promise you that God walks through that with you and God loves you dearly. And so do we as a congregation. And that's what a church is. It is a group of people who stand with with each other through the good times and the bad. And we celebrate together. We suffer together. We cry together. We hold up those who need holding up. We are community in God. There may be someone here today who needs that community of faith and that relationship and that strength to endure that we can have through God. If you've never made that commitment to Jesus, we invite you to make it today. And if you're looking for a community to join, we invite you to unite with ours today. As we sing together, higher ground, would you come? God, some of us have walked through the valley in recent days, but you have lifted us and placed us on higher ground today. And we pray that we may go from this place lifted up on that higher ground with the strength of God's Holy Spirit moving us into the world with confidence and with joy, knowing that Christ goes with us and makes us strong. And we pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen.